whenever I meet a young person or someone who's really wondering about, you know, does God exist? Especially if they, you know, they used to, like, well, maybe they're raised in church. And I'm, I'm talking to them, you know, I'm trying to, like, hey, man, you know, it's real. <laughs> this is real. And, you know, sometimes we get far away from God and we lose touch with that, that uh, connection, that feeling, right? That certainty. When you, the longer you stay away, the easier it is for you to kind of forget how good it was, right? And there's so many things, the best things in life are like that. If we don't stay connected to them, then we kind of lose touch with them and we, we almost forget they exist. So I always tell people, listen, remember when you used to just raise your hands and worship God? I mean, there's really nothing quite like it. And to, to, to be in something no one else can see, but everybody feels it. And it's like the presence of God. He's here right now. He's here. It's not a religion. And that's what I really like about this. Uh, we're having a party today because uh, my favorite story, one of my favorites in the whole Bible is about the prodigal son. I want to talk to you for a minute about the wayward love. If you have your Bible, this is a long passage, but it's a story that you know. Luke 15, verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. That's the wrong kind of party, right? But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him to his fields to feed the swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And before you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And he's just thinking this, right? He's making a plan. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he's got a plan. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go home and just make an explanation. Hopefully, he'll let me work for him. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to be merry and to party amen let's pray lord jesus speak to us lord i know we're coming from all kind of different situations and different places but holy spirit you are personal and, Lord, speak personally to every person that's here today. 
Let their heart know your voice today while I'm speaking in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. I think the greatest, when I, when I read this story, because Jesus told it because he's trying to illustrate something to, so that people understand God. And in most people, they approach God like he's, you know, he's religious and he's upset with me. Like Diane was saying, they're feeling guilty and they're feeling bad and they're feeling like, man, I got a lot of back payments and uh, I'm behind with God and I know God's upset with me. And so when people think about God, if they're not careful, they, they, they approach it like it's a religious thing. Like it's some, you know, deal that people need to do in order to go to heaven and it's super religious for people. And this story wrecks all that because it, God illustrates his relationship with every one of you as a father and a son. It's not a religious thing. It's a relationship thing. And I mean, the, 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 it's full of feeling, right? This story is full of this feeling that, wait, I'm a son. And that God is trying to say, this has never been about religion and keeping rules. This has always been about a relationship with you. And you know, the younger son, he says, I'm, I'm just want my stuff. I want to do my own thing. And this is the instinct that people have from the time they're about two years old, right? They, they just want to do their thing, right? As soon as they learn the word no, no, they start using it, man, wear it out. No. And then the minute you want them to do something, especially when they're teenagers, you want them to do it. That's what they don't want to do. The second you're like, you know, you could like that girl. No, I hate her. You say, leave that guy alone. I think I'm in love. I mean, whatever you say, you know, they're the opposite of that. Because there's something inside of us that wants to do our own thing, right? That just wants to leave God out of it. I don't want to get away from God's authority. I want to get away from my father's house. I just want to do, give me, you know, this is my life. Like that Billy Joel song. This is my life. Leave me alone. I want to do my own thing. And, and of course, the father miraculously gives him the money. How many of you would not give him the money? Don't any of my kids ask for the money because you ain't, first of all, I don't have any. But if I had some, you can't have it if you want to do all that. You go, you'd be broke before you left the house. <laughs> but somehow the father divides up his, you know, and then really for all of us, uh, you know, you're so precious. You, you're God's treasure. Not stuff. You're, and, and you're, you're what he wants. You're what he values. And he allows you to take it out. You can spend yourself any way you want to spend yourself. Right? Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in too many faces. Right? You, you, can, you can spend yourself cheap. You can pour yourself out. Give yourself away. And God lets you do it. Because that's what a relationship is. He's not going to force you to be with him. And it's a beautiful story because if you're a parent, then you know what it feels like for a kid to be gone or to be separated from your child or from your wife. You, you know what separation is like. You understand the anxiety of what it means to, you know, look out the window hoping somebody's going to show up. You know, you're expecting it, especially if you're babysitting. <laughs> and there's a dirty diaper. Then you're really like, hey, how long has it been? Well, you know the anxiety when you're expecting someone, and here this has been years, and you God explains his heart. Like, I'm not angry with you, I just want you to come home. I'm not upset with you. I just upset that you're not here. I don't care what you did. 
And look, you would think from a religious standpoint, that's all that God cares about is the bad stuff that you did. In fact, what God wants is you with him. He just wants to be with you. And let me just try to give you a couple of things this morning before we really, because, you know, we have to have a reason to party. There in Mardi Gras, they're partying for no reason down there. They're just like, I ain't got a reason. We just go. Man, we, we got all the reason in the world to party, to celebrate. Everybody say party. Now, listen, before I gave my life to Christ, I was like the worst kind of party guy. I was the all-night party guy. You can probably still, some of that's kind of in my personality. If you knew my mom, then you know. <laughs> but I went all out. I thought, you know, if, this, if, if the party's the deal, I'm in. All night long, I'm in. I'm going to party down. And I remember after all those years of partying, I was at the brown door. Someone knows what the brown door is. The loose ruck, the brown door, the red line. Eddie knows. He's old enough. He don't know anything about that. Oh. But I mean, I, 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 mean I, I, I chased hard. All this that everybody said was so much fun. So I just got dressed and, you know, got all the money I had. And I went from place to place. And people were getting drunk and people were acting stupid. And I started doing it too. Like, hey, this is great. And it was over. It was like, that's it? That's it? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hugging a toilet in a bar room where people use it. And I'm throwing up my guts. Wow, this is a party. I'm telling you. I kept having this huge question mark, like, what in the world am I doing? Because it was over with, this is not real. This is, I don't know if it was just me, but this is not real. And I, it left me empty. It left me wondering, like, this is what the party is? This is it? This is what I'm selling myself out for? Everybody just trying to have a few moments of pleasure, a few moments of getting away from my pain. Everybody's dancing around. Is this the party? That kind of party always leaves you empty. It left me empty. Because I want to know why I was born. I want to know that I have purpose and meaning. That I'm not just an accident. That God has something for me to do. And it's important. And my life is important. And my body's important. My mind's important. My time's important. So let me give you these three life-changing revelations. This story has so many, but let me give you a few about this love story. Number one, your destiny is in your father's house. That's it. Moral of the story, you can run, but your destiny is in your father's house. You stay, the longer you stay away from your father's house, the longer you're missing what you were born for. Every good thing, all the purpose, all the dreams, the reason that your eyes are blue or brown, the reason that you're the race you are and the gender you are, the reason you have all these talents, they only are released in your father's house. That's your destiny. Now, you can run as long as you want to run, but you're not going to find your destiny aside from that house. You know, one of the great things I've learned in life is this. You don't know what you have till you lose it. It's one of the stupid things that people do. They have to wait till they lose that wife or lose that child or lose that, you know, whatever it is that you thought you had. And when you lose it, you realize, and that, that's how stubborn this young man was, right? He's just so stubborn. He's like, I don't care if I lose everything. Yeah, but he did lose everything. And you're going to find out who your friends are when you lose everything. That's one of the great truths in life. <laughs> lose everything. Find out who's standing. There's only a couple of good things about losing everything. 
I'm an expert, by the way. <laughs> There's only a couple of good things. One of the good things is you find out who your real friends are. When you don't have anything left to give them and they can't get anything from you, you're going to find out who your real friends are. Your destiny is in your father's house and the dream of God. You might think it's somewhere else. You might say, I want to leave God out. I want to do it my way. You're going to find out that every plan that God has for you has to do with you being connected vitally to him. Number two, at some point, we all come to the end of ourselves. I don't care if you're the baddest boy around, you're coming to the end of yourself. I was, the other day, I, was, uh, I, was, uh, I, was, I saw a commercial with, with a hammer on there. Can't touch this. Y'all too slow. Can't touch this. So, so, but you know what? Like, that's the baddest boy around. He had those big pants, those parachute pants. He had those big pants. And, uh, and you know, he's handsome and he's strong and he's wealthy and but guess what? He gave his life to Christ. He was like, you know what? You can just party so long till you find a real party. What about Kanye? I said, what about, what about Kanye? I mean, this guy's got everything. He's a billionaire with a B. He's a billionaire. He's got beauty and riches all around him, and he's found it was nothing. At some point, I don't care who you are, you're going to come to the end of yourself. That trip is coming to an end. Whatever it is, it's coming to an end. You doing it your way, the question is how long you want it to take. Oh, it's coming down. It's like that mechanic said, pay me now, pay me later. It's, your way's coming down. When I, I was raising my beautiful children, you know, and they want to challenge my authority. You know, can I get a witness from any parent? They just want it. They, just, they can't help it. They just have to challenge you like, yo, well, I'm better than you. Oh, no, you... You know, they found out they're not better than me because I will set them straight. <laughs> and, I, you know, sometimes I remember one time I was uh, trying to, we lived downtown. I was trying to get Becca to come when I said come because we lived downtown. I didn't want her to get killed. She was a little girl, and she decided she wasn't coming. You know, she had like a diaper on. I said, come on, Becca, come over here. Like, <laughs> I said, Becca, come on, come on, Daddy, come on, Daddy. And it was a showdown. And so, you know, I'd go over there and pop her a little behind. Pop. Come back over here. Come on back. Come on back. And so I said, I'm going to have to hurt a little bit. Pop, pop. My back. Come on back. It was, look, at this point, I really, I was starting to feel weak on the inside because I'm, it's hurting me more than it's hurting her. But you know what? Oh, she's going to listen. And so about the 40th time, I'm sweating. I took my shirt off. She was, like, she, wouldn't, she was going down hard. Find her little behind, little red, swollen up behind. And I'm feeling so bad, but I'm like, you know what? It ain't going to be your way. It's going to be my way. And so finally, one last pop on the butt. I said, now, listen, come on, Becca, please. Her mom said, please, Becca. And finally, you'd have thought a bone broke. She went, And she finally came and ran to my arms. But you know, there's a moment for everybody. I don't care how hard it is. You're going to be broke. It ain't going to be your way. You might have, look, have you ever smelled a pig pen? 
This boy's dining in a pig pen. You drive by a pig pen, you can't, you 10 miles away from a pig pen, and it's the most horrible smell you ever smell. This guy's wanting to eat pig food. I'm gonna tell you something. You might not have come far enough yet, but you're coming. It might not have gone low enough yet, but it's going. You might not have been able, you might be able to hold on a little while longer, but sooner or later you're coming to the end of yourself. God is going to bring you because He loves you. You're coming to the end of yourself. And I love this, I love this moment. It's the last point. One decision, number three, one decision can change everything. If you go to jail, any jail, talk to these young men there, and they're just, they're just ruining their lives, and you try to talk to them, and, and you say, you know, well, look, can you give your life to Jesus? Nope. Now, wait, you can do crack? You can get shot, stabbed, laughed at, hauled into jail, but you still won't give your life to Christ. I mean, what's it going to take? What's it gonna, this guy comes to the, you know he was stubborn. It came to the very end, starving to death. Listen, God lets you starve. God, because he loves you, he'll, let, he'll just let it all fall apart. I just pray God. No, God, if God loves you, if you see somebody doing wrong and doing well, that means God, his judgment's on them. But when things are going wrong, when you're, going, when things, when you're doing wrong, that's good. Because that means God is about to bring you to the end. And he's about to tell you something extremely simple. One decision changes everything. One decision. One decision. You can be as hard-headed and stubborn and nobody's going to look. God loves you. He's going to have his way in your life. You can be a big man all you want to be a big man. All big men are coming down. What does the Bible say? At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord. You either can confess it now or you're going to confess it later. But either way you go, he's always been Lord. He's Lord today, whether you like it or not. But when you say he's Lord, a miracle happens in your life. It's simple. Just admit it. See, listen, we say, well, could you just make Jesus the Lord of your life? You didn't make Jesus Lord. He was already Lord. You just admitted it. And the truth made you free. He's Lord. You don't have to like it, but he's Lord. He made you. He made you. There's only one way that you operate best is when you open up your mouth and say, look, I admit it. I'm going home to daddy's house. This moment, and I'm finishing. You know how preachers do. I'm finishing now. This moment, the Bible says, and when he came to himself. Can I get a witness? Has anybody ever just come to themselves? They just, you just been messing up and you just been acting a fool and you just been ruining everything and you just being a stubborn brat and then one moment you came to yourself. <laughs> like, where were you? You had to come back to yourself. You ever just look in the mirror like, what was I thinking? Some of you girls, you're dating a guy. You're like, what was I thinking when I was dating that guy? I don't know why I'm looking over here. Don't be embarrassed. 
<laughs> I just feel it over here, this area right here. I mean, after you broke up with him, you're like, what was I thinking? He's a creep. Well, what did I ever see in that guy? That's how you come to yourself. You didn't see it before, and now you see it. You didn't know it before. You know, I was raised in church. I heard the gospel a thousand times. Then one day I heard it. I was in my room. I was away from no preacher, no organ playing. And I thought, this is, if it's not religion and it's not the party, maybe there's another party. I said, Jesus, if you're real, come into my life right now, me and my wife. Because I don't want religion. Religious people, they're the ones that crucified Jesus. And I already checked out the party. There ain't nothing there. You're lying if you say there is because there ain't nothing. You get drunk all day, every day. It's not making you happy. You might be putting a little medication on your pain. It might help you get through into another day. But there's a better way to medicate your pain. you got to get rid of the pain. He's a pain taker. Right? He's a chain breaker. And you can medicate all you want, but it's never going to make you, never going to have the real party till there's a party on the inside, till you stop running from God and you start running to God. There's no other way. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. No man comes to the Father except by me. Well, I don't believe that. Well, you don't have to believe it. That's the way it is. You just admit it. This is it. One moment. One moment. And here's the, my last little thought about it. We think we can decide that moment. That's the craziest thought of all. We think that we'll decide when that moment's going to happen. I'm not ready right now. I'm just not ready. I'm not ready. Oh, yeah, that's it. You're not saying no to God. You're just not ready right to say, okay. What you don't realize is this. It's God that decides that moment, not you. You decide whether to surrender or not. Now listen to me. God decides that moment. Many are called, but few are chosen. Who gets chosen? Those who choose to listen. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. If you're not ready, you know what it is? God's not ready for you. This boy came to the end of himself, and he came to himself. We don't, we don't get to choose those moments. I've had brothers and sisters, and I've tried to tell them, listen, this is the moment, man. This is the day. Today's the day of salvation. Don't wait another minute. And their stubbornness keeps them in the pig pen three or four more days. I'm still waiting. I got to wait. I got to wait. No. You make that call. You know, it's like you got to put up a sail when the wind's blowing. And today, you want to have a real party? You just got to say yes. You just have to say yes. We don't choose that moment when we come to ourselves. It's a miracle, in fact. It's a miracle, in fact, when you say, you know, what was I thinking? I, I need God first in my life. I want to connect with the one who loves me. And I would be remiss if I didn't finish up by saying, what a beautiful picture. The Father's watching for him. He knew you were going to come to church today. He saw you walk through those doors. He saw you getting dressed this morning. <laughs> 
He saw you find that seat. He saw you making the right call. And he said, you're not going to be sorry. You made the right decision. And the Bible says that he saw him while he was still afar off. And he ran to him. Some people think God's not emotional. He must be. Because he ran out to the boy and he hugged him and he kissed him. And the boy tried to explain all that he had done. He, all, the, all the father says is, bring back, bring that robe and put it on him. Take off those old dirty clothes. Get the ring and put it on his finger. Put some shoes on his feet. One decision brought him into a whole new environment. One decision gave him a whole new identity. One decision gave him a whole new destiny. Gave him a whole new authority. Gave him a new relationship. Gave him a new world. Gave him a new beginning. One decision. I believe in that decision. That's why we had the party first. Because we knew today, this is your moment just to say yes. You don't have to be religious. You just say yes, Lord. What Jesus did on the cross, when he hung and bled and died and rose from the dead, that was for me. And I surrender. That's what it is to die. I, I surrender. I'm coming back. I surrender.